Hello and welcome to the commentary for lesson 373, Isaiah chapter 28. I just want to say it is so good to be back. I haven't posted for several weeks uh, because I was filling in for the teacher at House of Hope as she went on maternity leave. And that's the second time I've done that. It is always quite a unique experience. Um, I'm honored that they trust me to do that. And I always develop a bond with the girls there during that time. And this time was no different. Um, they are all so special and unique in their own way. And I know that God loves them or he wouldn't have brought them there. So I'm excited to see how they grow um, because I will go back into the classroom and tutor as I do once a week. It took a lot out of me, but it was such a blessing to be there. Um, so I did not even try to keep up with this study. I had to let some things go. I knew it was just temporary. So it's really good to be back and getting back into the Word. So today's message, it was kind of weird because the when we left off, we were in Hosea. And now we're back in Isaiah. I was like, okay, Isaiah 28. Where were we? So looking back, it's been a while since we've read from Isaiah, and Isaiah is very choppy, I'm noticing. It's just kind of all over the place. Uh, so we're in Isaiah 28, then going forward, we're going to get into some Second Kings again, back and forth to Isaiah, and then we're going to get into some Proverbs and Psalms again. So we're just kind of all over the place right now. But if this reading sounded familiar to you, um, Isaiah's message about Samaria, his warning to them, it's because it has happened before. Surprise, surprise. This is actually the third and final time that God allows the Assyrians to invade Israel. So I will refer to my study Bible a lot for this one. Uh, it says that the first two invasions were recorded in 2 Kings chapter 15, 19, and 29. The first wave had been merely a warning to Israel, to avoid further attack, they had to pay Assyria money and not rebel. The people should have learned their lesson and returned to God, but of course they didn't. And then God allowed Assyria to invade again. And that time, the second time, the Assyrians carried off some captives from the northern border. But the people still did not realize that they had caused their own trouble. So now God allowed Assyria to invade the third time. Uh, this will destroy Israel completely, carrying away most of the people and resettling the land with foreigners. So God was doing here what he said he would do long ago back in Deuteronomy 28. And he had given Israel ample warning. They knew what would come, but they still chose to ignore God. So it's a sad state of affairs here. In verse 2, for the Lord will send might, a mighty army against it, against Israel. Samaria, specifically. Samaria, remembers the capital city of the northern kingdom of Israel. Then Isaiah is talking to, about the leaders. In verse 7, he says, Now, however, Israel is led by drunks who reel with wine and stagger with alcohol. The priests and prophets stagger with alcohol and lose themselves in wine. 
you know, this is pretty bad at saying that the leaders, the priests, and the prophets are all a bunch of drunks. And unfortunately, their response to Isaiah's warning is, in verse 9, they say, Who does the Lord think we are? They ask. Why does he speak to us like this? Are we little children just recently weaned? This is insolent, pompous attitude that they're giving towards Isaiah's warning, and it's not going to help their case at all. Down in verse 11, it says, So now God will have to speak to his people through foreign oppressors who speak a strange language. (laughs) So it's saying, oh yeah, well, you don't like the way I speak to you through Isaiah? Fine, I'll speak to you through the Assyrian army. See how you like that. They don't even speak your language. I think you're going to like that even less. So, skip down to the bottom of the page in verse 13. They will be injured, trapped, and captured. Verse 14, therefore, listen to this message from the Lord, you scoffing rulers in Jerusalem. You boast, we have struck a bargain to cheat death and have made a deal to dodge the grave. The coming destruction can never touch us, for we have built a strong refuge made of lies and deception. Now, in my study Bible, it says that this is probably referring to, or it says this passage may refer to Hezekiah's alliance with Pharaoh Terhaka against Assyria, and that's Second uh, Kings 19.9 and Isaiah 37.9. It's basically saying that God would cancel this agreement and Egypt would be of no help when Assyria attacked Israel. So they're relying in these other things that they had set up instead of relying on God. And God is saying that's not going to help you. Not even close. Verse 16 is awesome. Therefore, this is what the Sovereign Lord says, Look, I am placing a foundation stone in Jerusalem, a firm and tested stone. It is a precious cornerstone that is safe to build on. Whoever believes need never be shaken. This is referring to Jesus, the Messiah. Let me read it again and you'll see how that is so. I am placing the foundation, a foundation stone in Jerusalem a firm and tested stone. It is a precious cornerstone that is safe to build on. Okay, we do know that if we don't build our lives on Christ, that we're just kind of all over the place. And having Jesus as our base is a firm foundation for which to build a life on. Whoever believes need never be shaken. I actually think of that song when I was a kid, Don't Build Your House on a Sandy Land, Um, Don't Build It Too Near the Shore. Well, it might look kind of nice, but you'll have to build it twice, or you'll have to build your house once more. You better build your house upon a rock. Make a good foundation on a solid spot. Oh, the storms may come and go, but the peace of God you will know. Okay, so I'm not the best singer, but I didn't know how else to say that without singing it. That's the great thing about having those songs as children. Uh, They get into our hearts and our souls and our minds. And later, as we read scripture, it all comes rushing back. So anyways, I'm reminded of that song. 
And surely that does symbolize Jesus, the Messiah. Um, Verse 18 says, I will cancel the bargain you made to cheat death. I will overturn your deal to dodge the grave. We cannot wheel and deal our safety, our security. It has to all come from God. Now in verse 21, it says, The Lord will come as he did against the Philistines at Mount Perizim. That's referring to David, when God led David to victory there against the Philistines. And against the Amorites at Gibeon. So this is referring to Joshua, when God led Joshua to victory at Gibeon. But says in the same verse, he will come to do a strange thing. He will come to do an unusual deed. So this is saying now God will lead, instead of his own people to victory, he's going to lead the enemy of Israel to victory. So that's strange. That's unusual. That's what it's referring to. Uh, For the Lord, the Lord of heaven's armies has plainly said that he is determined to crush the whole land. So scoff no more or your punishment will be even greater. And then verses 23 through 29 is kind of strange. It talks a lot about, um, it gives the metaphor of, you know, does the farmer always plow and never sow? It talks about cultivating soil and threshing barley and wheat. And and basically it's giving details about, you know, the, the farmer knows exactly how to process these grains to get what he needs and get rid of what he doesn't. Verse 29 says, The Lord of heaven's armies is a wonderful teacher, and he gives the farmer great wisdom. You know, this is really a metaphor, um, not just saying that God gave the farmers wisdom to know how to do exactly the right thing to get the exact desired result, but it's saying basically here, God knows exactly how to deal with his people. Right? So he knows what causes what with his people, and he knows what their reactions will be. Uh, And in the same way, God takes our individual circumstances and weaknesses into account when he's dealing with each of us. And he deals with us individually with expert care. So I kind of like that metaphor there. Um, but that's really it for today. I did like this. It's, it's um, you know, I'm feeling a little rusty, but that was a good first lesson back for not doing this for a while. So um, again, I'm excited to be back. Glad to share this with you all again. I've got a lot of new listeners in the meantime, um, even though I was not recording. So that's exciting. But welcome all you newbies if you're um, just tuning in. Thank you for listening. Have a great day and I will talk to you soon.